Welcome back to the She Lives Fearless podcast. My name is Dina Delisa Gonser, and I am here with my co-host, Holly Newton. And we are so excited today to welcome author Ashley Island. She's going to be speaking to us about her new book that's coming out in May. We're so excited to dive in and learn more about Ashley. Ashley, welcome. Holly, Dina, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Mark Oh my goodness. But before we get into the book, um, let's learn a little bit more about Ashley and um, you know how you received the call to write and what led you to this book that's coming out in May. Yeah. Well, I grew up writing. I grew up and was born and raised in Houston, Texas. So I'm a Texan at heart. And then I went to LA. For, yeah, <laughs> I know Holly and I share that connection. And then I went to undergrad at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. And there I studied international relations um, and minored in HR. So my first career was actually in human resources for Nestle USA. Um, And I ended up supporting the Wonka factory. Uh, A lot of people (laughs) didn't know that that was a real place, but it was a real place. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Tell me what's your favorite Wonka candy. (laughs) Thank you for asking. So my facility supported all the hard candies, like Sweet Tarts, Runts, Nerds, Nerds Rope, all of those. But our other facility in Chicagoland supported all the chocolate, so the Baby Ruths and the Butterfingers. And my favorite candy off the line is a fresh Baby Ruth. There's nothing like it. With the fresh fresh peanut. Yes, take it. To take it right off the line, melts in your mouth. It, there's nothing like it. So that's my absolute favorite Nestle. Wow! Candy. Now that is a cool <laughs> dinner conversation right there. Like that's right. You know? We could talk a whole podcast worth about just working at that wonderful place. But I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind for sure. Okay, <laughs> part two. Yeah. But um, while working at Nestle, I started to attending a church in the Chicagoland area. It was a mega church. And I instantly found community there. Um, It was pretty idyllic. It's every experience that you would want from a church community. It felt like an Acts 2 community. And as a 20-something, that was really formative to me. I met my husband there as a part of that community. And now we have uh, three beautiful kids, Brooklyn, who's nine, Miles is eight. And then Journey, we brought her home through adoption. um, And she's five. And so it's the five of us in our family. Yeah. So I have a lot. (laughs) Yes, I have many books. So the writing really began when I was little. I've always been a writer at heart. And we'll talk a little bit more about what, um, how passion ties into the whole topic of the book. But writing for me has been a way that I've processed the world um, ever since I was little. And Mm -hmm. so um, the way that God has woven kind of this craft and this gift through my story has been really beautiful because coming out of that community in Chicagoland, uh, I had a mentor who essentially took something that he had. He had a connection to an agent and a publisher, and he saw this craft that I, I had been nurturing over the years kind of silently, uh, never sought out to public a tr- uh, publish a trade book. But then he connected me to his his agent and I shopped around my first book proposal. And that's wow. how my first book came to be. And that's how I kind of became established as um, a working author, which I never thought in a million years would be true of my story. But I'm so grateful that it has been. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a way that I connect with the world and, and to people. That's amazing. I always love the stories. I always love to hear the behind the scenes of how God weaves that that web and brings us from Wonka land to author land. <laughs> like yeah, that is- exactly. It's wild. It's a wild yeah. ride. Couldn't have written it myself, but here we are. It is. It's the coolest thing. Um, and your your new book is called Say Good. Can you give us a little bit of insight into what, what does Say Good mean? Why that title? Um, yeah. yeah we come to that. There's so much, I feel like, in our midst culturally um, that, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just open your your phone and scroll yeah. the headlines, or if you turn on the TV or YouTube, chances are, more often than not, what will draw our attention and really what sells is the perpetuation of the negative, yeah. of what's bad, of what is wrong, of what is broken. And I really, I really wanted to call us as a collective, as humanity, as brothers and sisters, to reconsider the discipline of saying not what's wrong or broken, but to partner with God in God's redemption of making all things new and saying good, because goodness isn't just, goodness is not just a a moral, um, it, it's not just a, a moral thing. It is a gift of the spirit. It is a fruit mm-hmm. of the spirit and goodness is part of God's character. So what would it mean for us particularly? I mean, we are entering months leading up to what's set to be another contentious election cycle here yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And so what does it mean for us to discipline ourselves, not to, just to fall into the work, but to discipline ourselves to say good as our cultural and spiritual resistance against all that's wrong and bad in the world? Um, So this whole book is really an accessible and practical offering to us as part of our discipleship, not even just as an interest piece, but as part of our discipleship to say, what does it look like and how do we say good in the world? Ashley, I love that. And as with any author, you know, a lot will say they wrote the book that they needed to read. So I'm really curious, is there something that made you so passionate about this topic? Yes, I I really wanted there to be, again, this word accessible comes to mind, Holly. I wanted there to be a go-to that would be really practical and helpful for the moments where either myself or really th- this book came out of conversations I was having with my actual friends, friends who were seeing certain headlines, particularly this book was birthed out of the aftermath of Ahmaud Arbery being killed. And I had girlfriends saying, is this a time in our cultural moment where my voice is needed? Do Mm -hmm. I need to speak? Can I speak? Should I speak? Mm -hmm. Or is this a moment where I should really lean into the discipline of listening and to the, into um, the discipline of silence and, and be a receiver versus someone who offers another opinion. And so I felt that tension and I felt the sincerity and the earnestness of my my friends saying like Ashley, how do I know? How do I know when to respond? When to sit silent? How do I know when to risk being seen as someone who is uh, just leaning into what's hot right now? When I actually have no actual connection yes. to a headline or to a moment. 
And I remember just sketching out, okay, what would be the components? I mean, I'm a teacher at heart. Uh, I've just come out of full-time ministry um, as pastoral staff member. And so I started thinking through what are those pieces? What are those lenses through which we might be able to consider that sort of discipline? And that passion just was naturally birthed. So the book is organized uh, into this four-part framework that serves as these lenses through which we can consider for ourselves each and every opportunity to speak or to say something or to offer an opinion or insight. But it's also interwoven with narrative because I'm a storyteller and I think stories bring us together and connect us um, at heart. And so if anyone has read my first book, Humankind, the whole book is story and narrative, but, but Say Good is really kind of a dual offering that's both narrative and framework. It's really practical. It's meant to be used as a tool for individual reflection, but also collective and communal journeying. So Mm -hmm. it's meant for book clubs. It's meant for small groups um, as kind of we co-labor and sharpen each other's um, spiritual work uh, in this way. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. I'm like, oh my goodness, this would be wonderful for a small group at church or um, it would just lead to such great conversation. But I also know there are times where I guess personally, it's like, I, I feel like I'm always gauging, like, is it worth it for me to go there with somebody or to open <laughs> my mouth um, in, in at certain times? Um, just because there's, there's a lot of factors, a lot of layers um, at play. It's like, you know, at the heart, for me personally, at the heart, I never want to offend anybody. I never want to misspeak. So then I then there's a worry that comes into play where, well, I, I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if I'm like smart enough on this. Like I know you mentioned conviction as well. It's like I may have the conviction, but maybe I have to assess my confidence because maybe I know that while my heart might be good, you know, the words that come out of your mouth sometimes can be um, the wrong ones, they could be taken the wrong way. And then there's no like taking that back. So more often than not, I'll opt for just like sitting and smiling. But then when I go home at night, I'm like, well, that, that's not always, that's not always right. Cause I didn't share Jesus there, or I didn't, um, share, share any, any pieces of my, not opinion, but again, it's more like, I didn't get to share Jesus there because I got too afraid that I'd get argued into a corner or that the, you know, the Christian labels that sometimes we deal with, I'm going to reinforce the negative ones. So let me just sit and smile. So (laughs) so what do you say say or think, uh, what would you say to someone, I guess, even just me, like, you know, how do you dance around that? Or or how do you um, rectify that? Type of yeah, life. Dana, I love, first of all, I can tell you've been diving into James because you are one who's already <laughs> someone who is quick to listen, so to, slow to speak. And I wish there were more people who took the gift of words more seriously and the weight of our words uh, uh, more seriously. I think this framework is for people just like you, just mm-hmm. like me who are going, how do I know? How do I navigate offense? How do I know when it's mm-hmm. God-given and when it's just me or my own ego wanting to show up to the party? So yeah. this quickly, the four-part framework might be helpful. And this is by no means exhaustive. But yeah. I think these, these four parts are really meant to serve as discernment tools. And they get us started right. to be more reflective. Um, so the first one is passion. And what I say in the book is, Um, passion isn't just about your hobby. 
It's a holy grace that's been given to you. At the root word, uh, at the root of the word passion, it's this this Latin word, passio, and it really means suffering. So when we talk about the passion of the Christ, we're talking about Christ's suffering journey to the cross. So we really have to consider what is the holy grace that God has given each and every one of us that maybe looks so distinct from everyone else. We're told to all care about the same thing. But as Christ followers who are tuned to the spirit, what is the holy grace that's been uniquely given to us? For example, a a few years ago on a silent retreat, the Holy Spirit gave me Isaiah 58. And Mm -hmm. the whole chapter is about true fasting. But I had asked the Lord to give me kind of in advance, like, Lord, I know we're all going to get new names on these white stones, right? <laughs> the new heaven and, and the yeah. new earth. Yeah. But might I get, get a peek into what my true name is? And um, I read Isaiah 58 and we got to verse 12. And this is to the collective, right? So was, I was taking it admittedly a little out of context, but the text says, you shall be called rebuilder of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Mm-hmm. So my, my holy favorite. grace, yes, yeah. that is that is my life verse, if you want to call it that. But it's more than just a life verse. It's something I live out of. And so the holy grace that's on my life that I'm willing to suffer for is to be a bridge builder, is to be someone who connects broken things and broken relationships. Oh. A lot of people do not have that holy grace. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who are working in the justice uh, and social justice spaces for whom their grace is different, where they don't have the same sort of perseverance in that one area. Um, So for me, when I get an email that says, hey, you talk a lot about racial reconciliation. Why don't you talk about, I mean, pick another hot topic. I get the opportunity to point out to that person, hey, God has given me the holy grace Mm. for this. It sounds like your holy grace has something to do with this topic. What does it look like to explore that passion more deeply? So that's one of the lenses. And then we move to accountability. Uh, My grandma always used to say, you need someone in your life who can tell you about yourself. Like you need someone who can can just, (laughs) you need at least one person in your life who can tell you about yourself, who can tell you when you stepped out of line, when you were living outside of your God-given purpose, when you got broccoli in your teeth, whatever it is. I like to be that and, person for my sisters. I'm going to tell them exactly. that. Exactly. You, you got to tell them. It's God-given. It's God-given. It's God-given. Right. <laughs> but, but, but there's this, I mean, I, lo- I think about Abigail in 1 Samuel 25 when she's going to Nabal and mm. trying to, uh, or going to David and try, she's, she's trying to fix her husband Nabal's mess that he created. Mm. I love when the text says she bows down before David, before presenting him with this gift. There is a humility that she understands David's positioning and power. I think accountability is really about humility. The humility to say, we don't know everything about ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are the people in your life who you have allowed to speak to you on a given topic? Mm-hmm. If it's about politics, is there anyone in your life who can tell you, hey, you may need to consider a different perspective. Mm-hmm. If there's not, I pose in the book, tread carefully. Yeah. Because in the absence of accountability, we wreak havoc with our flesh. So mm. if there's no one in that space, I'd say that might be an area where you listen more than you speak. And that takes a lot yeah. of, of discipline. Um, the third area is influence. 
I mean, with the rise of online presence in social media, I think we have distorted the definition of what an influencer is. It is not mm-hmm. someone who has thousands or millions of followers on TikTok or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Where you are is the environment in which God has asked you to lead with influence. Yes. Wow. So if you just take stock of where you are on in an average week, whether that's Bible study, your home, your kitchen table, um, in mm-hmm. a boardroom, in a classroom, wherever you are, that is a place that God has already given to you as a place to steward with the influence you have. So I mm-hmm. think we have a lot of missed opportunities because we think we have to work our influence up to a certain point so that it's worthy of an mm-hmm. online presence, that it's For worthy sure. of followers. I feel but, like we say that a lot at She Lives yeah. Fearless with our conferences and, and, and things like that. So we're always trying to encourage women that, you know, even if you're 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 within your home with your two, three, four kids, like that is huge influence influence, and you're preparing these children to go out and be warriors yes. for God. So and and to infiltrate the world and represent Him well. So that's a huge amount of influence, but we forget that because we're looking at platforms. Yes. You know, and right. that's not, that's not, that's not all it's about. You know, usually the, the smaller pods are what become the bigger influence mm-hmm. anyway. So hundred um, percent. So true. It's so true. Don't miss those mm-hmm. opportunities. You know, yeah. every grocery store you walk into every, you know, wherever, you know, you could, you have a chance there. Yes. Yeah. And I think of our, I mean, I was recently um, diagnosed with an autoimmune disease last year and that changed my idea of influence. It helped me expand even for our listeners who are differently abled. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you have been stripped of influence. That means your influence might look different in this season or going Mm -hmm. forward, but you have been given influence to steward. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really asking multiple times, not just just once over your lifetime, but God, in this season, mm. where are those influential places that you want me to to lean into boldly? Yes. Um, with a spirit of fearlessness, um, with but with power um, and love and, and 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 all the things that we've been given by the spirit. And then um, the last lens is really relationship. Essentially, what I explore is this idea of if you can't take an opinion or your perspective on a topic and nestle it and tuck it back into real and right relationship, mm-hmm. if you can't if you can't bring it back and and have it uh, impact uh, an actual relationship in your life, then it hasn't mm-hmm. seeped deeply enough yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of. Uh, and and this might be sensitive for a lot of our our listeners, but um, because I am an adoptive mom, Mm -hmm. the topic of abortion is nuanced for me Mm -hmm. because I know people in my life who Mm -hmm. have lived experientially on multiple sides of that issue. So for me, it's not an issue. It's I think of people, I think of names, I think of conversations. Mm -hmm. And so where we have been encouraged to draw binaries, yeah, where we have been encouraged to say, this is the line, you're either on one side or the other. I think God gives us relationship to absolutely wreck the binaries that we have been falsely given to navigate. Mm. Yeah. So if our only perspective 
on an issue or a topic has been informed by headlines that we've been fed mm-hmm. and has not impacted relationships that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Again, I say, hey, proceed with caution. Yeah. Um, and so is that those are the four pillars. Yeah. And so is that what you talk about when I know there's parts in your book where you talk about like the silence and how sometimes yes. silence is. Um, and, you know, when I was reading through pieces of of the media kit and, and that and thinking about that notion. Um, and I just I think you're kind of also allow and in what I'm hearing is you're allowing for silence. Like sometimes saying it's OK not to like raise your hand and have to step out and say something or it's OK not to respond when someone's like, come on, you need to be talking. You need to be talking. Sometimes it's OK to say, I'll talk when I know what God wants me to say. And maybe it might be nothing because yes. I am not, I don't have that God given grace, as you're saying, or it is not my calling to fight the fight on this one, but it might be the next one. I'm, I'm yes. a but not this one. Yes, absolutely. Dana, I, I would say for anyone who feels the, like who feels squeamish in that space of silence, because there's pressure, mm-hmm. I'd say mm-hmm. this is not my topic to which I am meant to say good. Perhaps it's God's opportunity to say something good to me. Okay. Mm. To yeah. to say something about who I am. Like maybe that silence isn't just for learning. I think a lot of times it can be what more can I can I seek to know on a topic? Yes. And, and really mm-hmm. engage our intellect. But sometimes it's it's a spiritual work. Mm. So what is the Holy Spirit supposed to be saying to me? Is there fear that is getting in the way? Yeah. God yeah. say good to me. Yeah. Is there a different perspective I need to consider that maybe my whole life I have been bucking against? <laughs> mm. Holy yeah. Spirit say good to me. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, a so really think, good Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious Ashley, what would you say to listeners who find it more comfortable to be neutral? Um is there a way to have peace when you engage in divisive conversations? This is something I struggle with. Now, mm-hmm. if it's a black and white issue, you know, the Bible says it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine mm-hmm. with standing mm-hmm. on that. But when yes. you're navigating these topics that can be so divisive, especially amongst believers, mm-hmm. how would you suggest you find peace? And when you know you've gone through these steps, this framework, and you know there's something to be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Holly, I wrestled with this for a long time because I thought the peace would come when I said the right thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm more convinced that the peace comes when I've loved as I've been instructed to. Uh. So perhaps the question isn't, God, did I say the right thing? Did I, did I say it with enough bravery or courage? It's in the midst of saying the thing with bravery and courage. Did I love your child the way you have asked me to love? That becomes yeah. the new measuring stick. It's our love, That's- not our not our ability to eloquently speak the things that we feel like ours are ours to say. And so um yeah, to, to leave an interaction and to say, does that person did that person encounter the love of God through me, even in our disagreement? Yeah, that's really good. And with social media being a lot of what we take in, 
And, you know, many won't go research the topics on their own. They take social media and that's their newsfeed. Would you recommend that this is a place to talk about divisive topics? Hard one. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, even and just... How do you know even, when to? Yeah. So here's, here's my take on social media. More often than not, the people who are following us are following us because they agree already. And so social media can become an echo chamber where yeah. we are saying things that most people are going to agree with. And I, I'd say most, not all. Yeah. Um, the way that I have disciplined myself in the social media space, I give myself like, so right now I'm on a social media fast, but I give myself three posts a week. I have disciplined myself first. Okay. One of them is something that I choose to reveal personally about my life. It might be about, you know, living with disease or about grief or whatever I'm, I'm transition or going mm -hmm. through at the time. Um, the other two are meant to encourage. Yeah. So that encouragement could be around a headline, but if, it, if I choose to uh, engage a really divisive headline, I am always going to speak from a place of experience, mm. a place of I have actually, like, um, I have been to this part of the world that we're arguing about. I know people from this part of the world that we're arguing about, or I have some experience as a parent, or I have, there's yeah. something deeply connected that makes it tethered to my actual life. Um, but then I, I say, will this encourage someone? Yes. Or is my only, or is my only motive to be heard by a wider audience? Yeah. If my only motive is for myself to be heard, that is self-serving and that is my ego. But if I feel as if this thing that I'm saying or what I'm writing is meant to encourage for the sake of love, to exhort or to edify the body, then those are some of my internal check marks with uh, like some of my dashboard indicators when it comes to social media. And then um, I've just said, if someone is going to argue with me in the comment section, I'm not a big fan of turning the comments off because if I'm, if I want to say it, that means it, yeah. and it's public. That means <laughs> that yeah. means I should be willing to, to receive responses. Um, yeah. But if someone's, disagreeing in a way that's not loving or is not constructive in, in the comment section. Uh, I either say, Hey, I'm going to send you a DM would love to talk more about this, particularly if it's someone I know, but if it's a complete stranger, I, I ask the Lord, is this my, is this mine to apply my energy? 90% of the time, the answer is no. Yeah. And I pray God meet this person another way. I love that praying that they would meet them another way. I, I think that's a really great way to deal with it because there are some people out there who are just there for the fight. Um, yes, exactly. And I think that's what's challenging about social media is nobody truly knows each other personally or has a mm -hmm. relationship with with somebody. So you're um, just making these statements or putting these things out there without being able to sit face to face and have a true discussion. So it just becomes a war of like one liners that you see and like the, uh, just a, a lot of, a lot of mess. So that, I mean, just from like what I've seen out right. there. So I always felt like social media probably wasn't a good place to get my point across. I'd rather spend my time 
being more encouraging. And then in my everyday life with my real true interactions with people, make sure those are really genuine and those are really sincere. And those are the places where I have a, a better conversation. But I know that's not something everybody agrees with either. So there's a lot of, there's just a lot of push and pull out there. Like some people, they really want you to say it and say it a certain way. Um, and then it, it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard. You're at a school board meeting and everyone's arguing because we have that nowadays now too. Like everyone's passionately arguing and you're sitting there as a parent and you, you know, you're praying in your seat, like that this works out and you you have that inner struggle. Like, is this time for me to stand up for Jesus? (laughs) Or, um, we keep kind of going back to that, but I think more and more just at plain, just with even just being a Christian, like even within the Christian community, there's so much, my goodness, there's, there's, there's so much going on. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's so so much. (laughs) There's a lot. I go, I, uh, one of my go-to passages when it comes to to everything you just said is Ephesians four. Um, but in verse 32, Paul encourages the church at Ephesus, be kind to one another, tender hearted, Forgiving yes. one another as God in Christ forgave you. So let's take the school board, for example. Uh, how did we show up to that school board meeting? If we mm-hmm. came up, if we rolled up in the parking lot with some fight in us, <laughs> if, our, <laughs> if, if the reason we got to the school board meeting was to fight, <laughs> we go back to that yeah. accountability. Holy Spirit, yeah. check me. Because there is a heart, there is a calcifying nature that happens mm-hmm. to our hearts when yeah. we show up with the sole intention to fight and feel like we have to defend God. Yeah. yeah. The Lord never asks us to defend the Lord. Mm. The Lord can do that for the Lord's self. <laughs> yeah. But what we have been asked to do is do what love God, love neighbor. Yes. Um, and so, and so in those, I, I'd say for people who are trying to figure out, do I post this on social media? Do I show up to the school board meeting? I'd say perhaps the shift, the practical shift isn't the question, um, how do I get my point across? Mm. But how do I uniquely bring my perspective? Because there yes. is something about your life, Dina, and your perspective that is valuable mm-hmm. when it comes to illuminating part of why you believe what you believe. I do think that that illumination is the intersection of what we believe in our and what our life has been that yeah. can be so valuable to the body of Christ. Yes. So that's why I believe in story so much because you listen, I have seen beauty unveiled through the power of story. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone's opinion or perspective shown through that story. But we didn't start with the opinion. We started with like, no, show me the God in you. <laughs> I love that. Start there. Yeah. Start by showing yeah. God first. And then yes. that'll help me take why you believe, how you believe, or where, how your perspective in with more more grace, I guess, yes. rather than that putting that wall up first where we've got to like get our weapons out and like go yes. at it. Um, right. more, open you know, hands, more open hands. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think people in general are more responsive to someone, even if they disagree with them, if they do approach with kindness, mm-hmm. you can tell, like you can tell in someone's spirit, you know, and I think as believers, if we're walking in the spirit and, and there is a time to speak up, 
I think it's going to be received better if we're like you say, we're not approaching it from we show rolled up with the fight in us and we're going to prove our point because the Lord wants us to make an impact on this earth, a kingdom impact and his spirit moves through our words in ways we cannot make it happen. So I I think Mm -hmm. that's really important to remember. And, you know, I think your book is very timely. It's a very timely year for it to come out. I I can't wait to read it all. And um, I think this is a really important book for our listeners to go grab. Um, because like we will a masterclass, not a podcast episode. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we can have as many of these as we need. Yes, as many oh, of these as we want. Yet. <laughs> we need a break down, girl. We need to break it down. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you, Ashley. I'm so excited for this book, and I'm just so glad you followed the call of God on your life. And you're, I mean, I, I just love how you broke it down. I feel like I'm going to be able to apply this. Um, for sure. Um, but I guess before we wrap with you, you need to tell everyone how they can keep up with you, how they can find you, all that good stuff we just talked about. Because social media can be good for one thing. <laughs> yes, it can be good for connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all the things are at ashleyisland.com. And I'm mostly on Instagram these days at Ashley underscore Island. And I do respond to DM. So I'd love to hear from you slide into her DMs as they say. (laughs) That's right. You can slide on in. We'll respond. Thank you for joining us, Ashley. And we'll be sure and put all the links in the show notes um, for your book coming out if I need to go get that. We can't wait. All right. Well, Ashley, thanks for joining us. Listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll be back um, with you again next week for another episode of the Sheila's Fearless Podcast.